You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Why do we do it? What's it about? Um, we, I try to ex- give you a little bit of explanation every time we do it so you know why we do this thing. We take a break from our other series that we're doing and we take a time to focus on a way of Jesus. One of the ways I've explained it before, it's like the Karate Kid, one of my favourite movies of all time, where you wax on, wax off, and he's doing these habits, he's doing these practices, and then he doesn't realise it, but Mr Miyagi is teaching him karate. Over time, it's these habits, these practices. The world has plenty of formational habits for you. It'll beep at you, it rings at you, it calls at you, it advertises at you, it yells at you. It has heap of habits for you and to form you. It wants you this Christmas season to be stressed, to feel like you don't have enough, to be anxious about family gatherings and family dynamics. It wants you to feel like you don't have, that you need more. It absolutely wants that because then you'll buy more stuff, buy more things. And so it forms you. And so we need some tools to combat that enormous discipleship machine of this world. So one of those tools is the transformation trek, where we hope that you can develop some habits, explore some practices. We say here it's not a performance. We're not earning favour with God. He's already there. It's about us turning back to him. So we learn some different habits. We practice some things together, explore it in the hope that we learn some sort of Jesus karate. So we wax on, wax off. And over time we go, hang on, I'm formed, I'm changed. Not by the ways of this world, not by the pattern of this world, it says in Romans 12.2, but by the ways of Jesus as he renews your mind and your ways. Amen? So that's what it's about. And so this season, the next couple of months, this well, next couple of months, but really leading into our kind of Advent season, we're going to look at this practice, blessing others. It's a little guide, a little way to practice it together. We want you to discuss this. We want you to wrestle with this. We want you to talk to your kids or grandkids or families about this or friends about what it looks like to bless others. This is something that Jesus taught. This is something that Jesus did. One of my favourite examples of this comes from um, way back when, approximately 360 AD way back when, Emperor Julius. Uh, he, was, uh, he, he was annoyed at how Christianity kept growing and he was into paganism and so he goes, we've got to do something to stamp this. Um, he called them atheists <laughs> because they only had one God. He was annoyed at that, so he's like, they're pretty much atheists. He was annoyed at this, this Galileans, he called them another time. He's just this radical sect of rebellious Jews that were just annoying to his empire. And he wanted to bring in paganism. So he had a brilliant idea. He observed, he's an intelligent guy, he observed what the Christians were doing. And this is a letter he wrote to the pagan priests of the empire. He says, We ought to share our money with all people, but more generously with the good and with the helpless and the poor, so as to suffice for their need. And I will assert, even though it will be paradoxical to say so, that it would be a piousest act to share our clothes and food, even with the wicked. For it is to the humanity in the person that we give and not to their moral character. Hence, I think that even those who are shut up in prison have the right to the same sort of care, since the kind philanthropy will not hinder 
justice. For it is disgraceful that when no Jew ever had to beg, <laughs> and those Galileans support not only their own poor, but ours as well. All men see our people lack aid from us. Frustrated by this growing generosity movement that seems to be giving with just everybody, blessing everybody they see, he's like, I've got an idea, we need to copy them because we're not growing. He failed. (laughs) And soon after his passing, the empire turned back to Christendom again. But he had this idea, he observed Christians, he goes, they're just, the thing that makes them different is they're generous. These traitor Jews, this sect from Galilee, they keep blessing everyone, even their enemies. And it's a testament to their explosive growth. It didn't stick for Julius. They didn't get it. They didn't jump on board. They tried for a bit, but there was something missing. They tried to replicate this generosity, but something was missing. There was no real tangible progress for Emperor Julius. I love this encouragement. What an encouragement. That's what we've been known for for nearly 2,000 years, our radical generosity that sticks, not just to people we like. Long before iPhones could video us being generous or we could post about it, Christians were being generous even when no one could see it, even without the likes, even without the shares. They were being generous because something deep motivated them. And so that was the challenge as I prayed and prepared this way of Jesus this morning for this season. I want to explore this over December and January. I want to explore what it looks like to bless others, especially over Christmas. But I'm conflicted because I don't want to be Emperor Julius. What do I mean? I don't want to be Emperor Julius. I don't want to say, hey, this is really good. Go do it. Do heaps of good stuff, guys. Go. Feel guilty you're not doing stuff. Go do good stuff now. That's not horrible. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. It's good to do this stuff. James, the book of James says that it's actually the only religion he sees worthwhile. He goes, if you're going to be religious, at least do it towards the poor and the widows and the orphans. If you're going to have habits, if you're going to do things, if you're going to make rules, at least... Let it bless others. So there is good in that even this morning if I said to just go do it. But like Emperor Julius, I don't think that that's the depth of what it means to bless others. I don't think that's just on the surface sustainable. I think this comes from a deeper place. At least it did for these Christians versus the pagan priests. It's more formational than that. So let me start somewhere else and we'll get to the practical. Let me start with this statement. You are blessed. I think that's where it needs to start today. First to recognise that you are blessed. You are blessed. Now, I don't mean this in a fake way. Christians, I'm sorry, it's a pet peeve. I'm not asking you to fake it. I'm not, a crown's not going to come down from the ceiling and I'm going to go, you're all princesses and princesses or high king where every day is perfect. Some of that's true, but not every day is perfect. You could be having a really bad day. You could be looking at me going, I am not blessed today. You could be, you're allowed to feel that. You don't have to fake it. In fact, that's hypocrisy. Don't come in and just fake that everything's all right. But even through that, I want you to know you are blessed. And don't worry, I'm going to explain it. You are blessed. So I'm not asking you to come in and pretend. 
I'm not asking if you had a fight with your spouse on the way into church because things were stressed or getting ready for church. To plot and go, oh, I'm great. I'm not asking you to fake it, but you are blessed. I'm also want to acknowledge, like I said, there are real things going on in this church, real things going on in people's lives. What I'm talking about, I'm talking about being thankful to what you have because this world loves a good victim. I talked about the world's discipleship. It loves a good out-victiming each other. There's a victim competition. You would have all experienced it. I read a meme this week that said, being married is waking up and being the first to say you had a bad sleep forever and ever until you die. And so it's like this, like, oh, I slept badly. Oh, do you know what? I slept worse. Do you know what? Your snoring should stop. Do you know what? You're making some weird noises. How come you got up so many times? Do you know what? Why do you need to turn that light on in the morning? So I obviously have never had this conversation. I've just heard that from you guys. Um, <laughs> but this is like, that's a silly example. But we love to say how bad life is. We love, this world loves us to build jealousy, resentment for each other creeps in. We forget Thanksgiving. America just celebrated Thanksgiving over the weekend. We forget to be thankful for what we do have. If you exist in this culture right now, and I know you do because you're sitting here on the, in the Gold Coast right now, you are so blessed in so many ways. And I've said this before, if you don't know this this morning, and this is sur- surface level, but many of the things that are blessed to you in the West that we take for granted have roots in Christianity, are because of Christianity. They may be cultural now, but they still have roots in Christianity. I've said this before, but there's a reason every second hospital is called St. John, St. Paul. Who do you think started that? The church. The university system that so goes against some of the time, Christianity, was started. Schools were started to read the Bible, to study the Bible. There's a good, um, there's good research that suggests science itself, who now positions itself as opposing religion, was started as people looked at what God made and said, how does that work? How did he do it? Seven, or I think seven or eight of the top leading, like top ten non-for-profits in the world are based, if not all have roots in Christianity, but at least 80%, 70-80% have Christian foundations. We're so blessed. There's even some evidence. James was telling me this once when I talked about this because I joked maybe even chocolates from Christians and I was just joking, but there's some evidence that the Quakers helped bring and revolutionise the chocolate industry and so maybe we can blame that on Christians as well. However, you are blessed. However, take it a, a bit deeper than that, we know the world has forgotten this. The world has forgotten why it's so blessed. And so many here would agree that this foundation is being chipped away. Kind of deconstructed. Now, deconstruction is okay a little bit. The church has certainly, Christendom has certainly not been perfect, and so it's okay to deconstruct a bit, but you need to put something in its place. You need to reconstruct, reform, restore. The world at the moment is not doing that. It's just throwing dynamite at everything and blowing it all up with no pause to think, hey, some of this stuff, some of our foundational principles and wisdom 
should be left there. Maybe it grew into something we didn't like, but we should go back to the Bible, the basics. Reconstruct. So what happens, church, like a lot of the world at the moment when those things are torn down? We may be blessed this morning. We can control the temperature. We're sitting in church on the Gold Coast. What happens if that's torn down? What about people overseas being held at hostage at the moment? In war, I, I see pictures like that and it feels fake because I just don't understand. What about those people? What about them? Not sitting here comfortably in a perfectly coloured blue pure chair. What about the rest of the world? What if it happens to us? What if we become a worn, torn country? Well, I want to take it one step deeper and tell you this you are still blessed. Even when the culture fades away, you are still blessed. Why? How? By God's presence and presence. I probably have one extra S there that I don't need, but it's all right. No one needs to know. <laughs> yep, good move. Add to another slide. It's good. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is the gift, the present. James 1.16.18 says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give birth through the word of truth that we might be kind of first fruits of all he created. There's a gift he has given. Jesus, we know this. We just celebrated this. If you don't know this, explore this. There is a gift for you in Jesus. You are saved. Ephesians 1, 3 to 5 says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, the heavenly realms, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to his sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Church, you are blessed even on the worst day, even in the worst circumstance, you are blessed. You've been given a present. This. You've been given a gift. If you haven't opened it, I encourage you this Advent season, these next few weeks before Christmas, stop, and we'll get to this in a second, but stop and open it. Even on your worst day, it is well with your soul. You are saved. There's a gift there, and it is Jesus. He gives you a present. I know it's a tad early to start talking about this, but shopping centres had Christmas stuff six months ago up, so they beat me. I'm allowed to. The greatest gift of all time, the hope, is that we reflect on this gift of Jesus in this season. Two quick points. We've had discussions with some of you around Advent sometimes. Some of you don't like the Catholicism of it. I understand that. But the Catholic Church was the majority of the church for a very long time. Some of the things they did were really cool. And so Advent is one of them. Technically, it's even sort of predates that. There's always a season. It's a combination of a few different things. But if you don't like that, then just call it lead into Christmas. 
but we're going to go towards Christmas. We're going to remember the hope, the love, the joy, the peace, the gift. And we're going to take some time. Like a kid sitting there watching the Christmas present under the Christmas tree going, I want to open it and sneak peek. Church, let's posture ourselves in a way that we're waiting to open it afresh this season. Remembering that you are blessed. You're blessed. We're going to have some fun with that through Christmas movies over the next few weeks. The second thing he gives us is his presence. Emmanuel, God with us. You are blessed because he is with you. Matthew 28, 20 says, And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. He didn't just give you a gift. He said, let me help you with it. Let me be there with it. I talk about Lego in other sermons. Let me help build this with you. There's a gift. Let me help build this with you. John 14, 16 to 21 says this, And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you. How long? Forever. The spirit of truth, the word cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. This is not a dad that said, here's a gift. See you next Christmas. Here's a gift. Let me open it. Let me be with you. You are blessed. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. And then Psalm 1611 says this, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. What a season, the next few months, to stop in the silliness we made the mistake, but also had some fun yesterday. We went to Pack Fair. It was only a short six-hour trip. We forgot that Black Friday extends into Saturday. And so the lady was very polite. We, got, we did get some Santa photos. And the lady comes up to us and says, do you mind there's a short delay? It'd just be 15 minutes. She said that three or four times. <laughs> and each time she was correct. It was another additional 15 minutes. It's crazy. It's silly. It was fun. But... Take some time in this season to step back and acknowledge that you are blessed. Wake up in this season every day and go, I am blessed. I know some of you are struggling. I know it's hard. Financially, it's difficult. I know there are real struggles. But don't let that define you. Don't wake up and let the first thing you see is what your neighbours have got or what someone's doing on Facebook. Let it be that I am blessed this morning and not in some fake way, but God has given me eternal life, Jesus, and he is present with me today. You are blessed. I know some of this is obvious for some of you. But again, the world sermon is comparing, complaining, and coveting. That's kind of the unholy advent of this season. They want you comparing, they want you complaining, they want you coveting. They don't want you to wake up each day with hope, with peace, with love, and dare I say it, with joy. How bad is that to wake up for them if you go, I don't need anything else today, I am blessed. 
What can they, what can Timu sell you then, even for like $2.95 in bulk? <laughs> you can't shop like a billionaire. That's the ad if you haven't seen it. Shopping like a billionaire. Timu. To see, it's, it gets in you. It's discipleship. <laughs> Hard to beat when you wake up and go, I'm blessed today. I've got everything I need. Thank you, God. And I'm so stoked to do this day with you. And I'm so stoked to do it for eternally. Would you mind looking at these few areas? <laughs> But I'm stoked. Will you do the day with me today, Dad? When you live like that, that produces something else. Not comparing, not complaining, not coveting. It produces an increased understanding. We change, we move. We, our way of moving in the world is formed. And there we can get to this part. Once it's overwhelming, once you know you are blessed, then it's, I want to say easy, but it's natural to bless others to bless others who can you bless this season who can you bless this season and can I encourage you to give what God has given to you giving presence and our presence giving presence and our presence what do I mean by this well this is the practical side I want to give you a tool that Mike Frost uh, wrote in a book called Surprise the World and it's also in the practice guide as well. I want you to think about this. First and foremost, I want you to know that you are blessed. Don't go just do it like Emperor Julius. Don't go bless people without understanding that it's an overflow from the God that has everything, wants to give you everything, has given, better yet, has given everything. And out of that, this season, Burley Heads Church of Christ, I'd love us to practice this giving presence and our presence. What does that look like? Well, a little acronym called, everybody say bells. I forgot to put, I was going to put, it was going to be very funny, I was going to put Christmas bells. So, missed out on that one. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> I apologise. But we'll just go, yeah, exactly, you're even laughing at the thought of it. So, oh, well, well, it's over now, I guess. <laughs> Bless. Bells, 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 bells. Remember this, and it's in your practice guide. This is how I'd love us to operate over the next few months. I'd love us to consider the first one, bless. Can you look at blessing someone, super practical, one person each week leading up to Christmas and into January because we're going to look at that, but let's focus on Christmas. Bless one person. Think of a way you can... Now you're going, hey, it's financially tough. I don't know if I can give them a gift. I'm not just saying gifts. It can be something small. It can be shouting them a coffee. It doesn't have to be financial. I've seen these pictures that Linda here has given out before. I don't know if any of you have seen it. She's done this beautiful one. I don't know if Linda's here today. I don't get a chance to embarrass her. That's right. She's got this beautiful one of Newcastle, knowing that Mez and her mum and her mum are from Newcastle. And it's... It's really nice. It's beautiful. She's created something. She, she really blessed our family with these pictures. You can make something. A kind word, an encouragement. Do it in the church, but then I also want you to try to bless people outside the church as well. One a week. Wake up. I'm blessed. Who can I bless today? Or who can I bless this week? You can do more. You can overachieve. You can do extra. I, I'm stoked for that. But at least try one, one person a week. Bless them. Is that all right to ask? Now you say, how do I bless them? Well, here's some more tips. Eat. Jesus says the Son of Man came eating and drinking. That's his words. 
sitting down with people, eating. Eat with people. There's a lot of opportunities over the Christmas and New Year season to eat. Literally asking you to eat with people. Sit down and take the time around a table and share a meal. Encourage you to look at, I want to say once a week, but maybe just look for opportunities to eat with people. Again, it can be a coffee, but make real time. Not those five minutes, do you want to grab something through takeaway and just have a chat? Sit down and eat with people this season. Even people you don't like. And then listen. I reckon this is massive. When you bless and eat, listen. I struggle with this one. I'm a talker. Most of you have known me for a long time, know this, so you're like, none of you are surprised. One of the best things I ever did for, for my formation is do this chaplaincy role because I sit in a room with a student and I have to shut up and I listen and I nod and I can't tell them a single story. I'm not there to preach them. I can give them absolutely when they ask. I can absolutely encourage them, but I just have to listen. And oh my goodness, do you know what? It's so powerful when you don't talk. That's the lesson I'm learning. <laughs> it's so powerful, Steve, when you don't talk and just listen. I know this Christmas there will be an uncle and auntie that want to sit with you, and especially an uncle for some reason, and they want to talk to you about how the earth is flat. And I myself have gone down that deep rabbit hole at times. <laughs> but just, you don't have to correct him. You don't have to be the know-it-all. I'm talking about everything. They might have a weird view on religion. They might have an alternative view to you. They might disagree with you. Just listen. Christians, we need to do better at listening. There's a billion sermons online. Just listen. And it's amazing what comes out. One of my favourite things to do this time of year is Christmas parties because I can't escape what I do. And so I tell them, I'm a pastor, and normally, nearly every time, at least one a year, someone, yet yeah, possibly fueled by a couple of drinks they've had, they come and I have had people confess sins. I have had people tell me about car crashes they've witnessed and it's shaped their life. I've had people tell me ghost stories. I've had people go, what on earth do you do? And then circle back around and come back. They just... They're curious. Well, I reckon eternity is in the hearts of all men. They, there's something. They're just listening. I've never gone to a Christmas party and stood up the front and gone, just want to say this morning that Christ died for your sins and that he loves you and that you, that you need to return to him and stop this heathen behaviour. But I've had people literally come to church through Christmas parties just by listening. Listen to each other. Bless, eat, listen. Even if you don't like their opinion. That's what made the Christians explode. They listened to people they didn't like or they didn't agree with. And then learn. Dare I say it? Learn. That's the next L. Learn. Not just learn about them. Learn about how God loves you. Tracing back to the start. Learn that you are blessed. Relearn you are blessed this season. Learn. Grow this season. Take the time to stop and learn the Christmas story afresh, how he sent his son 
to die for you, that he loves you, that he wants to form you, that he wants to change you, he wants to grow you. He wants to build with you, learn. And then lastly, sent. I've said it before, but you're looking at your Christmas party or you're looking at the, the neighbour, the street party and you think, my goodness, it's going to be rowdy, I'm going to be up all night, the neighbour's going to be playing music. I've said this before, but I'm, it's important. And you think, God help them. Do something. God, make it rain tonight. Teach them a lesson. God, please make him cut the music out by 9pm. Or send someone. Can you go, Jesus? And I bet, I can't guarantee this, but he's saying, I have. I've literally put someone in that street. And to you, you're sent into this Christmas season, the one weird season where people will actually talk and sing carols about Jesus. You're sent. You are missionaries into that if you know Jesus. If you know you are blessed, then you have the answer to their anxiety. You have the answer to their, what on earth is going on in the world? Why are there always wars? I wish there was a book that spoke about that. Oh, there is. You have the answer for them. It's Jesus. You have the gift. You have the present. You have the presence for them. You are sent into this season. And if you didn't know that, I'm going to commission you right now. The next two months, we're going to be sent into these places. You're sent to bless them. You're sent to eat with them. You're sent to listen to them. You're sent to even learn. Your missionaries. I truly believe in the West at the moment. This is my opinion. I truly believe we're on the verge of the most missional moment the West has seen in a very, very long time. With the worse the world gets, the more they realise that the stuff that was sold to them isn't going to suffice. As interest rates and home loans go up, people realise, oh, it's not about stuff. As stuff breaks down, as relationships, as marriages, as families break down because they're tearing the foundation, people go, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Maybe there was truth in that. As people are so busy that they're getting, high school kids, primary school kids are getting anxiety because there's so much pressure, so much heat on everyone. Maybe they're like, oh, maybe slowing down and being at peace. Maybe there's another way to find peace than just stuff and achievement. Guess who has the answers to those things? Jesus. And guess where he is? In you. Let's stand, church. I want to pray and commission you. If you don't know Jesus this morning, though, yourself, then that's number one. Don't let me be an Emperor Julius and just tell you to do good stuff. Get to know that you are blessed first. But for everyone else... We also have a couple of events. If you're like, I don't want to, I'm not good at organising events or putting stuff up. There's a couple of slides. I just want to show you them quickly before I pray. We're at Christmas at Burley Church. Um, we've got the Advent movie series going to be over the next few weeks. Invite people. We do that series to make it inviting. It's a Christmas movie. And then on the 24th at 9am in the morning, we'll do some carols and activity story. And then we're always invited to the Southport Church of Christ, big Christmas carols. I think they normally have 3,000 people over the weekend. So if your friend, if you know someone that wants something, wants the big show, we're invited. And I'll give you a little bit of a script. Sorry, Southport people that are here visiting today. 
but I'll give you a script. When they go, wow, that was amazing. You go, yeah, it was amazing. Imagine if it was something like that, just a little bit more smaller and a bit where people knew each other and knew your name, a place where you belong. And they go, where is somewhere like that? And you go, well, there's this little place I go to Burley. Um, funny you mentioned that. So that's the script. Southport, don't dare report. We've got elders of Southport in the room. That's confidential. And a pastor, it's confidential. It's not what I preach every week. But go along and convert and you are sent there as well. And so we also have Jess and the team doing a song both nights and I've been I'm privileged to preach on a Saturday night at the Christmas carols at Southport as well and so it's gonna be a lot of fun get out there you're sent let me pray Father God thank you so much for this season thank you so much that our world still celebrates sort of your coming God as, as anxiety increases in this season as the hopelessness increases in this series season as the lack of joy increases in this season, as the breakdown of community and family increases in this season, as people's debts and they feel like slaves to a system increases in this season, as the divide increases in this system, people can't even talk to each other online, let alone sit across a table anymore because they differ in views, because we can't forgive, we can't let go, everybody's cancelled as that increases to a boiling, just a boil this season, Lord, I pray that we can come. Not because we're the saviours, but we know the saviour. We bring a present and a presence that lives in us. God, I just send these people in the room right now to their places, to their home, to their dysfunctional Christmas lunch, to their staff parties, to their neighbourhood parties, to the shopping centre on Black Saturday, to the coffee shop, to Stocklands, to wherever they go this season. Let them be sent and know that they are missionaries from you. They may not have all the words, but they carry a present and a presence with them and you will help them along. Let them bless people. Let them eat with people. Let them listen to people. Let them learn about themselves, about you and from others and let us see ourselves as missionaries over the next two months. And let us come back, Lord, in January and wonder why the church has tripled. <laughs> well, I don't care about the numbers, but we wonder why people have grown and people have been saved and people are getting baptised and people are finding hope, love and joy and peace anew. Let us be surprised afresh. In Jesus' name, amen.